0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud to get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. Like the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Email me at josh at MyFirstSketch.com. Follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. You might be interested to know that submissions for the 2018 Dirtiest Sketch in Philadelphia show are now open. The show is October 19th at 10:30 p.m. So if you want to submit your act to the show, head to the Philly Sketchfest Facebook page to get to the Google form. Also, on a personal note, I've been asked to direct a team in Fits monthly show Sync or Sketch. We're her- we're uh, we're working hard on the show which you can see at the Philly Improv Theater on October 4th at 7 p.m. Don't worry, I'll keep reminding you. But today's guest is Meg Coslett, currently a member of the Cambridge Footlights. The Footlights finished their North American tour this week with two shows here in Philadelphia at the Philly Improv Theater before heading to New York City on Sunday to close the tour at UCB Hell's Kitchen. Now, this episode was recorded while the Footlights were still in Scotland for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, so, we don't have the customary staged reading of Meg's first sketch, but we do talk about it. So, let's go to my chat with Meg. All right. Hey, Meg. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How's it going? You're still in Edinburgh.
1: Yes, we've been in Edinburgh for over a month now and it's going brilliantly and, and it's been best fun but i'm also so tired
0: <laughs> i i can't imagine doing like 30 days and, oh, it just sounds so daunting and
1: it is a bit daunting. like it's like yeah
0: almost like everest to me like oh it's just so much
1: it's definitely a marathon not a sprint but um no it's it's so much fun and it's sort of yeah it's it's brill but also at the same time it's so physically and mentally knackering um you've got to sort of look after yourself a lot so I'm looking forward to going home for a few days and just seeing my mum and having some (laughs) nice food in my own bed for a bit which would be really nice
0: get a a little get a little rest before you get back on a plane and fly another 10 hours to Vancouver or however long it's gonna be that's a
1: it's gonna be a long old flight yeah all
0: right so comedy uh do you remember uh, like do you remember what your first sketch was what the first thing that you ever wrote uh that, that i saw that you wrote well that i wrote um
1: that i wrote um it was one that i wrote almost a year ago now because i'm I've only just finished my first year at uni and um, it was a sketch about Queen Victoria. Uh, I watched a documentary uh, before I came to Cambridge where it said that she'd practice for Prince Albert or her husband on her maids, which I just found very, very funny. Um, So I wrote a sketch about Queen Victoria uh, being having an altercation with one of her butlers, uh, because he'd caught her sort of
0: Wait, practice, getting frisky with one of her now, Like kissing,
1: oh, I, I don't understand because, like, anatomically, it's, it'd be very difficult to practice things for a man or on a woman. Um, but yeah, it's like she'd she definitely, um. She played both sides of the field, as it were. Um, (laughs) I didn't know Yeah, it's it's a really fun bit of trivia. Um, So I saw that and then uh, sort of wrote it on the train to Cambridge because Footlights has always been... I think when people come to Cambridge and do comedy, that you either sort of fall into it by accident or it's it's quite deliberate. And um, for me, Footlights has always been something I've... I've been keen to do Or, or at least comedy and, and performing And writing my own sketches So I wrote it on the train And I Arrived and settled in And I met two of my now best friends uh, Jamie and Georgia At College I'm at Homerton College in Cambridge And they sort of had similar interests to me And there were auditions for What's known as a smoker Which is a an hour long sort of sketch variety show every fortnight in the ADC Theatre, which is the big student-run theatre in Cambridge. And we auditioned for the uh, Freshers Smoker and we did the sketch for the first time. And uh, it went down really well. Like, for a first sketch, I don't think it was... I don't think it was dreadful. Or at least I didn't at the time. I haven't read it back in months and months and months (laughs) for fear of being really embarrassed. Um, But, um, yeah... That was the first one I ever wrote. It was like, like eleven months ago, nearly a year. Yeah, just shy of a year. I wrote it.
0: So, uh, as you head to Cambridge, you fully wanted to get to footlights, like that. That was a goal. That was.
1: Um, but I always wanted to do drama at uni, and obviously, you can't go to Cambridge with the sort of the intention or ambition to do drama without clocking or having footlights on your radar um but i never thought explicitly writing my own comedy would be something i'd be very good at or would enjoy a lot i thought maybe i'd do nice. comedy plays or or um or just theatre which i wouldn't have to write for my for myself um and then i came to cambridge and mm-hmm. sort of went to see what footlights was about and whether or not I'd enjoy writing my own sketches and I, I really did. So I just sort of it was very much the intention for me to do it, but I never expected I would. So it was sort of accidentally on purpose I got involved. Does I think.
0: Does the footlights have like this like mythic uh like backstory to them? Because like as a as a comedy fan I there's two college things that I know: college comedy things, the Harvard Lampoon, yeah. which is a written magazine kind of thing, Yes. Yeah. and the Footlights, because yeah. they both have graduated a who's who of talent. Like, does is there a mythical a mythology to the Footlights in England for you? Um, I don't
1: think so. I think Footlights, or at least Footlights, as how it. Is perceived to be, and indeed, maybe how it was, um, sort of, I don't know, adheres to this stereotypical, sort of kooky, satirical British sketch humour, which is, you know, sort of what you grow up watching and um, you're very aware of from a young age. But I think, equally, for every successful comedian. That comes from Cambridge and Footlights. There's four or five that haven't. So, um,
0: absolutely, yeah. It's
1: by no means the be all and end all uh, of British humour, but I think that sort of tradition of sketch comedy and few people playing multiple characters, but being quite self deprecating and a bit cheeky I think that is quite quite footlights but again I think footlights means different things to different people I think it's a generational thing because if you ask I don't know I've spoken to my older relatives and they they who've seen the show that I'm in currently and they were surprised that you know a lot of it either was quite similar or quite different to Monty Python but then relatives who were a bit younger sort of compared it to Emma Thompson and Um, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie stuff so I think people's perception of Footlights is very much a generational thing if that makes sense
0: yeah it does like I mean it feels like there's a a generation for every or at least like everyone might have their own generation yeah if you're familiar with it I
1: think so yeah yeah I definitely agree with that but I think you'd have to be familiar with it too or like be very aware it was a thing. And um, to sort of grasp that, and I think it would probably be more common to associate sort of comedy with Footlights, or indeed in, like, Britain, um, years ago, because that's sort of when this new comedy, sketchy, like, thing was, was emerging. But I think now that you've got so many comedians from a variety of different places not that it's unimportant but it bears less significance now i think
0: okay uh what's your earliest memory of comedy like what's like the f- and like i don't mean necessarily like a funny uncle or something like that but like what's the first time that you like distinctly remember seeing some kind of production whether it's television film or a live performance of comedy?
1: Oh, God. Um, when I was about three or four, uh, I used to watch Only Fools and Horses a lot. Uh, it has a British sitcom about uh, two brothers from the East End of London, and they're sort of quite roguish like market traders, and they get into, like, scrapes and stuff and they had this granddad in the program who spoke in a voice like this for the entire show that was an awful impression but um like I remember watching that when I was younger and doing the voice because to myself because the memory of watching it used to really make me laugh even though I wasn't watching it at the time I just have to think about it and it'd be funny and I think that was the first time I properly maybe watched something that I consciously found funny and then as I got older it was stuff like The Young Ones and Rick Mayall and like yeah just my earliest memories of comedy are things that have just been quite silly like not that like there's not really much more slapsticky stuff like less cerebral humor more Laughing at things you can see.
0: Mm.
1: And I think, yeah, that's definitely what made me laugh when I was younger, young
0: I think. Well, um, yeah, because slapstick, like, is at times more even, even more universal than comedy. Like, yeah. Someone falling down is going to be funny, no matter, like, generally, no matter what. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I totally. And I, I'm surprised you said Young ones, because younger ones is so, like, early 80s how did you come upon the young ones
1: um I've I'm really really close with my mum and we share a very similar sense of humor and a very similar taste in music and stuff like that um and I was I was ill when I was about 11 11 or you know like 11ish and um it was late one evening and there's a channel in the UK called Gold and it just shows reruns of comedy shows um, like exclusively um, from like years and years and years ago. And I remember coming downstairs and I was feeling really miserable and sorry for myself and I watched an episode of The Young Ones and I remember laughing so, 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 so much. So the following day, Mum ordered me the DVDs as a present for being ill and brave. And I binge-watched them all in space of about a day or two. And it's just something that I... I don't know, it's it's a big part of my sense of humour, that sort of silly, zany type of comedy. But you you saying you're surprised by that surprises me because nearly all of my friends have seen it right like my friends my own age and stuff
0: well I think I think my surprise mostly comes from the idea that I didn't realize that there is you know the channel that does the reruns like we we have here with like like and I don't know how much staying power certain things have or how rewatchable something can be
1: I think if you're interested in comedy or like anything you can just sort of find a backlog of it anywhere to sort of watch and see what you enjoy which is really nice i think
0: what was your first impression like first impression of sketch comedy itself like
1: um my first impression of sketch comedy i thought it was fun i thought it was
0: or i mean like what what was your introduction what was your first thing that you saw that oh, sketch right,
1: I um hmm
0: or at least something different than a, cisc- a sitcom?
1: Probably. Um, there's... Um, there was a children's program on CBBC, which is children's BBC, uh, called Sorry I've Got No Head. And that was all sketch comedy for kids, but that adults could still enjoy. And I think that was it. That Yeah, that was definitely it, because... It was this group of people um, doing different things, but then dressing up as somebody else and then dressing up as somebody else and doing a different voice and doing a different part. And I really liked that. And I liked how each of the sketches had their own sort of um, like catchphrases or taglines because it was a big sort of show in the UK, or at least it was amongst me and my friends and you'd go into school the day after it was on and you could just say like a line from the show and somebody'd somebody'd get it or reciprocate which yeah I really like that and there was one called Horrible Histories based on the books there are a series of books in the UK called Horrible Histories um, written by a man called Terry Deary and they just sort of explain British history in a really fun sort of Silly, sometimes a bit rude way And it was made into uh, A sketch show To sort of Educate But also it was something that you could find Really funny and that I still watch with my Younger sister sometimes Because it just It's still, the humour and it's quite universal Which is really nice I liked how you could Have a sketch in a children's TV show But how My dad would also laugh at it as well I think I I still do. I still like how sketch comedy can be quite universal because it plays on different types of people. And you can sort of put that in perspective of people you know. And yeah, I really like that. So it was those two kids shows, I think, that properly introduced me to it.
0: Okay. Uh, whenever I talk to people international or at least not American-based, I always ask for some kind of recommendation of... Uh, just something that I might have not have heard of or seen, you know, something native to you that you would recommend to an American audience?
1: Um, I love... Oh, and I put me on the spot. Um, okay, I recommend a... Series of programs called the Comic Strip Presents, okay. which is, um, it's sort of like sketch comedy but in hour long episodes. So, like, each episode is a different story and a different plot, but each episode features the same core set of actors. And, um, it was, it first aired in the 80s, and the first episode was a parody of the Enid Blyton novels that are popular in the UK. I've never read them. I don't like the idea of them at all. Um, But I remember watching that, finding that really funny. And there were like different episodes. There's a a Spinal Tap sort of episode and um, some of them can be quite dark but are also really funny. Um, So I'd recommend that. And I'd recommend um, The League of Gentlemen. Is that something you've heard of in America?
0: I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it.
1: Uh, It's really, it's really cool. I watched it um, when I was about 13, 14 for the first time. And it made me laugh like nothing else. It was, it's about this weird town called Royston Vasey. And again, it's like, sketch comedy in narrative like all in one place so it was it's three men playing all of the different weird inhabitants of this town and there's like a story arc and progression for each character and each sort of set of people which is really fun um but it's also quite dark which i like i like sometimes that it makes you laugh at something that you should also be a bit shocked by. I watched, um, I introduced my boyfriend to it last night actually and we watched the first episode of series one and I still laughed all the way through. But I think, um, I don't think his sense of humour is quite as dark as mine is. So he was a bit more shocked by certain things than I was, which I still find funny like watching them for the for the millionth time. So I really recommend that. I like that a lot. It's quite, it is quite british and, and i think if you want a recommendation for dark quirky british comedy that would be a really good really good place to start
0: i ask everyone that i've had on the podcast uh because it's because it's such an institution of comedy here in america and you probably haven't seen you've seen clips and stuff i'm sure do you have a favorite cast member from saturday night live whether it's from the their work on the show itself or you know whatever movie they've done afterwards
1: um i oh. i love melissa mccarthy in bridesmaids was she on saturday night live that's embarrassing if she's not
0: she's only hosted
1: oh gosh right okay do that's so embarrassing um, <laughs> okay. um Uh, probably then. Tina Fey, I think I really like. I like her. Um. Um. What's the name of the guy that plays? I'm putting my hands on my face like him currently. Is it Stefan on Weekend Update? Uh, Yes.
0: I really like him. Uh, Bill Hader, yeah, and Stefan.
1: I like not that he's my favorite cast member, but I like um the Sprockets series of sketches that Mike Myers Mike Myers does or did where he was the German art show mm-hmm. host. I like those ones as well. But I I haven't seen as much as I'd like to. You occasionally get like the odd sketch popping up on your Facebook feed. Or what comes up in your YouTube recommended, but I haven't really. I'm not as clued up on it as I should be.
0: Yeah, I I I find it very odd that that it wasn't a thing that got, uh, you know, like that cultural exchange that SNL hasn't been a part of. That like it's really surprising to me.
1: Some people who I know absolutely love it. They like watch. Um, clips of it and quote it quite religiously so I just think it depends what your what your sense of humour is I guess or how much time you spend on the internet maybe I don't know but um, <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's definitely a thing that people are aware of over here but maybe not as much as they should I think sometimes like transatlantic humour some elements of it can sort of get Lost in the ether, and maybe aspects of Saturday Night Live have been, but there were other American series that were so, like so quotable and so recognizable. But like, there's a our Comedy Central channel just shows episodes of Friends. Like, there's like a solid eight hours a day of Friends aired every day, and that's not even exact.
0: That's, That's too much. A
1: lot to friends. Like I, I like friends as much as the next person, but it's every single day, and um, yeah. So there are, and the American version of the Office is just as popular in the UK as the UK version. So there's still things that come across the pond quite nicely. I think.
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, is there something about American comedy that you've noticed that doesn't like just? specifically you don't get or it just doesn't work for you
1: um i think i think uh there's a lack of self-deprecation and a lack of like irony and sarcasm in american comedy which is really prevalent in in british comedy Like i was talking to one of my friends the other day and because we've been thinking about how we'd adapt the, the show to take to America and um, in terms of being quite self-deprecating in some of our sketches and quite sort of sarcastic, he used the analogy of like a protagonist in an American comedy, like Seinfeld is like the, the sort of, one everybody thinks is like he i've never seen seinfeld he used this analogy so i could be so totally wrong like the the sort of focal point and everybody really likes them and thinks they're cool and sort of wants to be friends with them whereas if you look at uh, the protagonist in a british sitcom like david brent in ricky gervais's the office you really 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 feel sorry for them because they're just so awkward and say the wrong thing constantly so I think that's a big difference that sort of I don't know I feel like I'm making no sense whatsoever
0: no you do I'm just trying to think of like other examples like of British sitcoms that I can think of like the IT crowd they're not they're definitely outcasts they're definitely yeah looked down upon by other people within that, weird. that universe like, <laughs> I think maybe Mis- Mr. Bean is the ultimate outcast,
1: yeah, but you love him for it. You love all of these weirdos, and you see the weirdness in these mm. dorky, socially inept outcasts that you sort of look at yourself in the mirror and go, "Oh, hang on, I can be a bit I can be a bit weird sometimes this is quite funny type of thing.
0: So, reading over the bio, the bio, bios on the website, uh, I found it very odd and very interesting that you got the Fringe and Tour role after your first year, which I feel has to be pretty rare.
1: Um, There's usually, I'm the only fresher on this year's tour. And I think um, there have been years where there have been no first years and years where there've I don't think there's ever been more than one involved in at all. So it feels very, I feel lucky and grateful and like, you know, like a bit wide-eyed and in awe of everything still. And I I think that's only going to increase tenfold when we get to America, to be honest. I'm just going to take pictures of everything. But um, yeah, I think I feel very, (laughs) very lucky, very undeserving but very privileged um, so yeah I, I think it's it's down to like as much as how well you write or how well you act it's down to how well you, you gel with other people um, so you, you're, the audition and recall process is if you get a recall you're put to write with somebody else and then you have to perform what you've written and then um swap with another person who's also been recalled and make up a sketch on the spot with them oh, wow. and um yeah it was it was quite an intense time because it was right at the start of term and I didn't really I just sort of found my feet at the end of Christmas and I was coming back after Christmas feeling that I'd audition but nothing would really come of it so I just thought I'd give it a go, and I was paired to write up. I was quite quite fluky in the sense that the pe- every person I got paired with um, is a part of the show, so I got paired with Will, who we wrote over the course of a week together, and then in the recall I got paired with um, Chris, and we made up a sketch on the spot with each other. So um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily all about your ability as a comedian or a performer why you get cast it sort of how gay you are to be silly with people you don't know relatively well which I don't really have a problem with I guess
0: <laughs> yeah I, I have to believe that chemistry has to be a huge part especially when you're embarking on a thing where you're living in a different city for 30 days and then planning on traveling a different continent for another 30 days so, like, you know, talent and everything is great. But I feel like there's a part of it where it's, like, just... Well, like it might not be totally true, but, like, just don't be a jerk. Have no. fun with us. Like, let's have good, like, chemistry and camaraderie together. And, like, it'll be okay from there.
1: Yeah, just don't be a dick. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we all get on really, really well. It's really lovely, actually, because... When you go, a lot of times when you do a show, or if you're involved in something where you have to bond quite intensely with a group of people quickly, there can be rifts within a group, or one person that sort of gets put down a lot. But there's none of that. It's so, so lovely. Like, case in point, um, we were performing one day last week in the Sketch Off, which is a one-off night show where um, university sketch troops from Cambridge, Bristol, St Andrews, Durham uh, and Leeds all sort of performed in... Oh, and Oxford. can't forget them. Um, All performed a couple of their sketches from their respective shows on stage. And I was really, really, really sick that day. I was so, so ill and the second I said I wasn't feeling very well uh I got taken home after our own show before the sketch off and I got put to bed by um Anna who you've been emailing and Molly one of our directors and they made me tea and bought me some chocolate and just had a chat and it was really nice and I you can <laughs> yeah it, there's no sort of group divide I don't think obviously you've got people who are going to be closer than other people but ultimately you could hang out with anyone and it wouldn't be a problem at all it's just such a lovely lovely environment and I had I anticipated being so nervous to travel like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles with people I didn't necessarily like but I'm essentially about to go on holiday with a group of people who I've grown to love and trust a lot which is really 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 lovely so I'm very excited
0: uh I asked Ash this and I, th- I thought it was a funny question uh do you have a favorite former footlight
1: Ooh, um Emma Thompson I really love mm-hmm. uh I also love Hugh Laurie. Oh, Olivia Coleman, I think, is brilliant as well. She's
0: That's it. That's who Ash yeah, yeah, I'm
1: not surprised actually. Olivia Coleman's brilliant. <laughs> um Yeah, so I'd either say Oh, Ash has graduated now. Can I just say Ash?
0: It uh, that's <laughs> a little bit of cheating, but I mean if you really want to. <laughs>
1: um either Ash or Emma Thompson.
0: Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So this has been your first year of the Footlights. You took the Queen Victoria sketch to a Smokers. What else have you done within the year of of your time um, working with the Footlights?
1: I was a part of the Footlights pantomime at Christmas, um, which was the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and, which is a pretty weird thing for – because you don't have pantomimes in America, do you?
0: No, we don't. I, I asked Ash to explain it to me, and I, I don't think I understand it yet. I think it's something I have to see.
1: Yeah, I definitely... Like, when you speak to people who aren't from the UK, it's only then you realise that it's quite a weird thing. Um, It's like a show at Christmas time that you can go and see with your family, and it's got songs in it, and it's um, usually a fairy tale, like Cinderella or Aladdin, or something of that ilk. And... You there's a lot of audience participation. You, like, boo whoever's playing the baddie. And there's usually a man versus a woman um, and maybe two people playing a horse. Um, and, yeah, it's so weird when you explain it out loud. Um, but I was in uh, the Footlights Panto this year, which was the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and I played um, a French tour guide, which was really fun um and then apart from that up smokers i've done and the and pillow talk so the tour shows. so that's um all i've done with footlights which have been i've been really lucky to do um but i've done other shows across the years well, which aren't necessarily to do with footlights which is nice about cambridge because you're not necessarily tied down to one society or one facet of theatre you can just pick and choose which is really lovely
0: Mm. um so and you are in your first year so whatever however long you're still going to be at cambridge like footlights and acting still going to be your side project outside of your studies
1: it's more my studies are a side project to that to be honest (laughs) um which my mum wouldn't really uh, like to hear so maybe cut that out but um <laughs> but
0: yeah, or just don't tell her that you're on a podcast. That's fine.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I won't. I won't at all. Um, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I, I definitely like to keep pursuing it. I think it's just a lot of fun, and you make lots of really nice and good friends through it, which is which is great.
0: Your the bio on the website mentions stand up as well. Has that been? <laughs> A recent Um, endeavour?
1: Yeah, it's only something I've done once or twice since being at uni. Um, And I've really enjoyed it. It's definitely more scary than sketch comedy, I think, because you're being yourself and you're just trying to tell a story in a funny way. Um, But yeah, it's something I'd like to do more of. I'm still very unsure of what to do with it and how to write it and perform it. But it's still something I'd I'd like to like to give a go.
0: Is there like in the couple of times that you've done it so far, has there been like a has the response been good to it? Like or has your voice started to come through well enough?
1: Um, I've literally done it. I've only done it the once. No, oh. I've done it twice. Okay. Twice. Um and yeah, I I think I don't know, I think in terms of my stand-up voice—it's quite cheeky, maybe. I don't know. I just sort of. I think all of it's sort of rooted in stories about about my mum or my sister because they're the funniest people I know. Um, but yeah, I think I, I know how I like to say things and how I'd like to deliver a punchline. But I am—I'm um, still very wobbly on the whole concept of stand-up i'd like to do more of it but i definitely feel more at home with sketch at the moment i think
0: um so in your time of pursuing comedy and growing up as a fan and everything what's something that you've learned from comedy that you'd pass on to a new writer
1: don't be vain or selfish i think i think the second you become like a vain performer and by that i mean worried about whether you look a bit silly or a bit, a bit daft in front of an audience, is the second. You just a stop enjoying and b, make people feel a bit uncomfortable. So I think, in terms of performance, not be, scared to. Make yourself look a bit of a. A bit of a muppet, but in terms of writing don't just write for you write for write what you think is funny whether or not you think you do a good job of selling it or not because there are certain things that you mentioned ash earlier who i, I love to pieces who, there are certain things that i'd like to write which i know i'd be useless at doing but she'd be brilliant at that and vice versa. And I think what's been nice about this tour is we've all had a go at writing for each other and playing to each other's strengths, which is really, really lovely. Um so yeah, don't be vain or selfish, I think would be my my
0: advice. Yeah, it like uh talking about SNL again, like uh one of the female cast members from the nineties, because uh the history of women on S N L is a little troubled, like there's ebbs and flows of like when it's like when they're spotlighted and then their background players spotlight it, then background players. Really? And then in, in the late nineties, there was a really high point of the women taking the spotlight. <laughs> uh, and I forget which one it was, but one of them said that like, don't worry about what you look like on camera on stage while you're doing it. Cause you can look pretty afterwards. Yeah. And like, that might be a bit reductive, but like at the same time, absolutely. Like, No fear, balls to the wall, let's do it on camera.
1: Balls to the wall is exactly it. Like, there's comedy is like ninety percent pulling a funny face half the time, I think. Or making yourself look a bit ugly. And if you if you're too proud or too concerned about whether or not you have wrinkles or a double chin when you're trying to make someone laugh then there's no point doing it really i don't think
0: yeah and you mentioned melissa mccarthy earlier like a lot of her roles she's inhabiting this character that just completely like i'm not gonna say grotesque i'm not gonna go that far but i mean her character in um bridesmaids or Oh, she's brilliant. Or even Spy, like a couple of her other movies, she's upping the frumpiness, ump- upping, you know, whatever, I, I, I don't want to say undesirable, but like, this character that she's creating isn't meant to be the sex pot, isn't meant to be a femme fatale. No. And that's a part of the deal of it.
1: Yeah, because what's the point in, I don't know, like, as much as it would be fun or cool or whatever to play, as you say, the sex foot or the, the femme fatale of these like two characters, which women should be in films or are often perceived to be. And if you don't fit into that box, then why do you want to perform type of thing? Because that's just really boring. Like if, if you're, if that's your thing, then do it. But I'd much rather put a wig on and, some pretend teeth not that i've ever worn pretend teeth in my life but i now have the strong compulsion to do so and just yeah mess around a bit which is what i really rate melissa mccarthy especially in bridesmaids i remember watching that thinking she was really cool i watched it when i was too young my parents hadn't seen it yet and my <laughs> my gran had bought me um the DVD of it for Christmas and I was 12 and it was a 15 and my mum didn't know and my mum could hear me watch it from my bedroom and her and my dad watched it the following night and the first line of bridesmaid is Kristen Wiig saying cup my balls or something no the man saying to Kristen Wiig for her to cup his balls or something and they're pretending to to have sex and my mum says my dad just turned to her and shot her a look and said I can't believe she's watched this um so, yeah, I, I think women being funny and women not being afraid to be funny and maybe not look as stereotypically conventionally attractive when they're doing it is just the coolest thing because what is conventionally attractive anyway?
0: Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned, and finally to wrap it up, you mentioned previously you joked that uh, your studies or your hobby compared, like, compared to uh, performing or vice versa. Uh, Why comedy? Why performing? Why is this how you want to spend your time?
1: Um, Honestly, I don't know. It's just something I've always really enjoyed without questioning why. I, I just, yeah, making people laugh is just a really nice feeling. Like whether you're just telling a story and having a laugh with your mates or whether you're doing it at the fringe for a hundred or so people. It's nice. I I really like it. I, yeah, I never really thought of that before. I can't really articulate why I like it, but it's just something I really, really love. Yeah, sorry, that's completely useless and very sentimental, but.
0: it no it's it's not useless at all like it's it's a pretty standard thing just like i like it it's fun like that's that's enough yeah it is
1: it is fun and yeah it's just it's just nice isn't it
0: Megan and the rest of the Cambridge Footlights can be seen as they present Pillow Talk at the Philly Improv Theater, Thursday, September 20th, and Friday, September 21st, both shows at 8 p.m. You can find tickets at fitcomedy.com. If you live in New York City, you can see Pillow Talk at UCB Hell's Kitchen on Sunday, September 23rd at 6 p.m. Another fun show in Philly this weekend is our friends in Barbara Bush presenting Three Buttface Freakazoids, an evening of characters, sketch, and stand-up. 8 p.m., Sunday, September 23rd at Good Good Comedy Theater. For more information, head to goodgoodcomedy.com. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook? This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.